0: What's going on, everybody? This is the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about experiencing the presence and the power of God in our daily lives. I'm Duke Lamastre, and I thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. If you get anything out of this week's episode, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe so that you always get notified first when new episodes become available. All right, so I want to talk this week a little bit about demonstrating the kingdom, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. He came preaching saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He said in Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. And that's the new King James. A lot of translations use the phrase among you. The kingdom of God is within you or among you. These are just a few of the examples that illustrate the present reality of the kingdom of God. His kingdom is among us. Some people ask, what is the kingdom of God? Well, break down the word kingdom. You get two words. You get king and dumb. Dumb meaning domain or dominion. So kingdom is very simply the king's domain or the domain of the king. Who is our king? Our king obviously is Jesus. So the kingdom of God refers to the domain and the dominion of Jesus, In teaching his disciples how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said these famous words, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God desires that his kingdom, his domain, the rule, the reign, and the authority of King Jesus be established here on On the earth, heaven is the model on earth as it is in heaven. In the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and gave him dominion over the whole earth. Jesus, who is God, came as a man. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh, not as a sinner himself. We know that he never sinned, but he came in the likeness of the rest of us. He came as a man and gave his life on the cross, taking our penalty, paying the price that we couldn't pay, And in that obedience, he redeemed or bought back everything that had been lost in the fall. In Philippians 2 verses 8 and 9, it says, talking about Jesus, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him And given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Here's the best part for me and for you. Jesus was God from the very beginning, but he left his heavenly throne came in the likeness of sinful flesh in order to die in your place and mind, and in so doing, he re-inherited everything that already belonged to him, but he re-inherited it, positioning us as co-heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So now Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 28, after his death and resurrection, before uh, finally ascending to be with his father, he said these words, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Okay, so I don't get where people get the idea that the gifts of the spirit, the working of miracles, supernatural power somehow passed away with the first century church, that somehow it was for then, but it's not for us Today. I don't know if you've ever heard those arguments or not, or if you've ever thought that yourself or whatever, but there are a lot of people who think that the church today, that we're not supposed to operate in power, that we're not, you know, we shouldn't expect miracles, we shouldn't expect to pray for the sick and see them recover, that we shouldn't expect these things. There are a lot of people out there that think like that. Jesus. After reclaiming his inheritance and ours, said, go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he adds this phrase, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you it is impossible to deny the fact that Jesus taught his disciples to demonstrate the power of God. And if anyone says, yeah, but that was just for disciples and it's not for us today. Like what gives me or you or anyone else the right to pick and choose which commands Jesus meant for us to keep following? Like nobody really says that Jesus taught on love or forgiveness or finances or discipleship, but that was just for then. Like that was just for back then. That was for that first century church. It was for the people who he was, directly speaking to and it doesn't mean anything for us like nobody says that nobody thinks that because then we wouldn't have anything to live by to follow yet somehow we look at what he said and modeled in terms of power in terms of demonstrating the kingdom of God with signs and wonders and miracles and we say oh well that was for then we can't do that today It's simply not true. Jesus modeled to us a supernatural lifestyle of demonstrating the kingdom of God in power. He told us to go into all the world. He said, teaching them to to observe all things that I have commanded you. He gave so much instruction and so much insight into the way his kingdom works. Look, this is is for you living your life, living a lifestyle characterized by the power of God. It's for you. It didn't pass away with the first century church. It didn't end back then. It's not secondary. It is part of the gospel and it's for every single believer. Jesus gave all kinds of impossible commands throughout his life and ministry. He never once told his disciples to pray for the sick because that's not impossible. You can go for the, you can go to a sick person and you can pray for that person. But look, Jesus never told anybody that we know of pray for the sick. No, he said heal the sick. And you say, well, that's impossible because I don't have the power to heal anybody. Yeah, I know, I get it, <laughs> I get it that it's impossible. But he still said to do it. And he never gives an empty command, every command of God, whether it's to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, to give to Caesar what is Caesar, like, it's not just a command, it's a declaration and a promise, because he can't tell you to do something, especially something impossible, and then not give you the ability, specifically his ability, to do it. So then when Jesus gives us a command or he models or demonstrates something to us and then passes the torch to us and says, now you go and do likewise, it becomes our responsibility to recognize what he said and what he modeled and to walk in it. One of my uh, favorite stories in the Bible, John the Baptist, the one that had gone before Jesus proclaiming the way of the Lord, he actually went before Jesus preaching, repent, Change your thinking for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He did that before Jesus even did it. He prepared the way for the Messiah. And now in Luke chapter 7, John the Baptist, he is in prison and he's nearing the point of his death. They're going to put him to death. And John called two of his disciples to himself, sent them to Jesus, asking Jesus, are you the coming one or do we look for another? When the men had come to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And in Luke chapter 7, verse 21, it says these words, And that very hour he, Jesus, cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. So, John sends these disciples to Jesus asking the question, are you the coming one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the one we've been looking for? And it's stunning to me that Jesus didn't just say, oh yeah, I'm the Messiah, end of conversation. No, he actually allowed his works to do the talking for him. He allowed his works to speak for themselves. Following Jesus is not about following a bunch of rules or regulations. It's not about lip service. It's not about trying to look or act a certain way. The world thinks that Christianity is restrictive. It's all about what you can and cannot do. It's not about that. The church isn't defined by a bunch of rules and, de- and regulations. It's defined, it's characterized by the presence and the power of God. Jesus didn't go around telling people, the Messiah is here, come and follow. No, he demonstrated the kingdom of God with power. 1 Corinthians 4 20 says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And we are really good at talking, but for all of the talking, how much are we actually pointing people to this Jesus that has complete power and authority over whatever sin issue, sickness, addiction, or whatever else they're dealing with? And I hear people talking to, you know, people that have something major going on in their life and their response is, oh, well, you need Jesus. You know, you just need Jesus. Well, yeah, duh, of course they need Jesus. That's why you're there. That's why you're in their life. That's why Jesus is on the inside of you so that you can present them to this Jesus that actually has the power to heal, to fix the brokenness, to restore the situation, whatever it is that they need. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that are so like concerned about getting out of balance with this stuff. Like when we talk about the power of God, we talk about healing, we talk about signs and wonders. We talk about these topics that are dealing with the power of God. I know that there are people that get unbalanced with it and that scares a lot of people and it makes a lot of people back off and not even try because they don't want to be flaky. They don't want to be one of those kinds of Christians. They don't want to be a holy roller. They don't want to be whatever. And so they reserve themselves and we have come under like the assumption or the impression that we think that we're supposed to be all like reserved. And I think part of the balance thing is, like, they have this thing where they don't want to seek the stuff that God does because they think that that's going to somehow undermine their seeking of, of God himself. And I understand the heart behind it. God, I'm not after what you can do for me. I just want you. I'm on board with that. But the thing is, we actually don't have to choose one or the other because when we get the healer, we get the healing that he provides. When we get the Redeemer, the Provider, the Prince, like we get everything that comes with it. Living a powerful, victorious Christian life is simply the result of following Jesus. All I'm saying is we cannot separate power from Christianity. Christianity, real Christianity, the lifestyle of walking with the Father that Jesus modeled to us is powerful. Life with Jesus is supernatural. Now, I want to talk to those that have maybe tried to operate in power and didn't see miracles happen. Look, welcome to the club. I'm not saying that you will always be 100% successful when you pray for the sick or prophesy or whatever, but it doesn't mean that we stop going after the things that Jesus modeled to us and then passed the torch over to us and said, go into all the world. That was Matthew's account that I read at the beginning of the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, all that. But in Mark's account, it sounds a little bit different. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then I think it's in verse 17. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe. And it says things like, they'll speak in new tongues, they'll take up serpents, if they drink anything deadly it will not hurt them, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Now, this is like where we get the snake handling churches, like let's not, let's not do that. We're not supposed to go out of our way to be dangerous and to play with snakes and stuff like that. That's obviously not the point. The point is that miracles, signs, and wonders follow those that believe. Follow those that believe. It doesn't say these signs will follow those that do everything perfectly or these signs will follow those extreme men and women of faith or those who put themselves in danger for the sake of the gospel. It says these signs will follow those who believe. This is your responsibility and mine to believe God for the things that Jesus modeled and demonstrated to us, because we're actually here to partner with the heart of God because it's His will. What did He say? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God is to establish His kingdom, His ways, His authority, His dominion, the domain of King Jesus here on the earth. As it is in heaven. That our world would begin to look more and more like his world. You and I actually have the privilege of partnering with him to see that happening. To see miraculous things happening. To see the supernatural happen. Because when we stand in agreement and in the authority that God has given us. And we stand in agreement with heaven. And we look at a person or we look at a situation and we're moved with compassion or we recognize that God is speaking, this is what God is doing, or we simply recognize that there's a person in front of us that's going through something, they're dealing with something, whether it's a physical sickness or infirmity, or if it's a mental thing, an emotional thing, a sin problem, an addiction, or whatever that we actually have the privilege of inserting ourselves into that situation in the name of Jesus, in the authority that he has given to us because his spirit lives and dwells on the inside of us and to demonstrate the kingdom of God in power. And you might say, yeah, but I tried it before and it didn't work. Okay, great. Try it again. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. That's all I got. Just try it again because you tried it once or 10 times or a hundred times. I don't care because you tried it and it didn't work. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It doesn't mean that he changed his mind and we have to stop changing our minds about who God is, about what he said, about what his word says, about what he's declared, about what he has called us into, about the assignment that he's given us just because we try something and it doesn't work out right away. Keep trusting Him. These signs will follow those that believe. Keep believing Him. This world that we live in is in need of a demonstration of the power of God. We've got to be the kind of people that don't just talk about having a big God. We don't just talk to people about, well, you just need Jesus, but we actually point people toward His presence and His power to this Jesus, this God, this King of Kings that we serve, that has absolute power and absolute authority to completely heal, transform, restore, reform. We need to point people to him, not just in word, but in power. It's not for somebody else. It's for you. You and I serve a God who is so in love with the people that are all around you people that are lost people that are hurting people that are broken people that have sickness in their bodies that have addictions that they're dealing with have all kinds of problems have so many things going on and we serve this god who loves them so much and that he wants to bring change and restoration and transformation into their lives he wants to use you The same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that caused Jesus to open the eyes of the blind, to cleanse the leper, to raise the dead, to do all the miraculous things that he did, that same power lives and works in every single son and daughter of the Most High God. It's who you are. It's who we are. The assignment is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So my prayer for you this week is that you would become absolutely convinced of the reality of this power that is available to you. That this lifestyle, this supernatural lifestyle, this kingdom living lifestyle that Jesus modeled to us, it's meant to be demonstrated to the world around us. All right, guys, that'll do it for me for this week. I really hope that you got something out of this. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I know that I tell you this every single week, but it's because it's absolutely true. It means the world to me that you're here. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you for your time. Have a good one.